And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Hour number two of the JT The Brick Show is on the air here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, live from the sports and entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, where we get NBA Summer League but we still we get some NBA preseason action as well. But we need to get that regular season action. And I feel that it's going to be coming in the future because there's very, very few events that I prefer more than the NBA playoffs. Even when they were in the bubble, they were exciting watching them on TV. And now we get bubble 2.0. Lakers versus Nuggets in the West. Heat versus Celtics in the East. It's going to be fun. And to talk about hoops, to talk about basketball, I had to bring on Bob Cantu, former head coach with USC. And he has been all over the place with college basketball, one of the most accomplished assistant coaches in the collegiate level. And someone that I call Roberto Cantu because that's what he asked me to call him on Hispanic Heritage Night out there in El Paso when I was doing P. Announcing right before calling the game, Roberto Cantu, Bob Cantu, how are you? Great to talk to you, Coach. Hey, I'm great, Harry. Great to hear your voice, man. Really miss you. Really enjoyed uh, working with you out there in El Paso. Absolutely, he was the one of the assistant coaches at UTEP with Coach Floyd, Tim Floyd. Yes, the coach that coached the Chicago Bulls. He was out there in El Paso. He's a legend out there in the city of the nine one five. And Bob Cantu, I, I used to travel to every road game with UTEP and called every home game, so I got close to the coaching staff and coach Cantu was always fantastic and we look at your resume and all the NBA coaches that you coached and I see you on social media traveling all over the country and you 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 know a lot of people in the NBA so and you follow the NBA thoroughly so what do you think about the NBA playoffs so far coach well I'm really excited I've, I've watched pretty much every game that's been played I, I went to the game against the Warriors Lakers Warriors last Wednesday I think I have a pretty good feel for it. You know, I mean, this time of the year, it's like, you know, the Final Four in college. I mean, anybody, everybody has a chance. But it's going to come down to just the little things and who executed the clutch and maybe who game planned a little more, uh, who makes the changes, you know, and things like that are the ones that win. And home court advantage I don't think is as important as maybe it was a few years back. I still think teams are good enough to go there like we've seen with the Lakers, they've always stolen one of the first two, and, and then they go take care of home, and then they're in position to win home in six. And so for them, I see them trying to do the same path, starting the night in Denver. And then on the other side, you know, the Heat, everybody said, oh, eight seed playing had gotten this far, but they were a lot better than that. They just had injuries and some issues. They weren't clicking yet, and they kind of have uh, the right guys playing at the right time. And then Boston has pretty much been either the most talented or the second most talented. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. It all starts here soon, so I can't wait. But you know, being from California, I've been a Laker fan since I was five years old. So I always kind of be pulling for them. But I enjoy watching all the games. And of course, the stars always steal the headline. You look over at the Lakers with LeBron, with AD. They're the guys that are in the, all the billboards. But then you look over at guys like Austin Reeves, like Lonnie Walker. Those role players, those are the ones that end up making the difference in those big games, right? Well, yeah. I mean, only you know, two guys can't win you a series. They might be able to win you a game or two, but you have to have a team effort. You know, when you substitute and that second string comes in, and it's your second string against their second string, you've got to have guys that can come in and play. And, you know, Reeves has been very consistent. 
not only offensively, he's got a lot more confidence, but defensively, he's taking on the task, chasing Curry around, chasing other players around. And then D'Angelo Russell has just been fantastic. He's so confident. And personally, it has won some games for us, you know, down the stretch. And then you look at what Lonnie Walker does um, in one single game, getting 15 in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I think everybody knew Lonnie was talented, but he just was in a logjam. And he finally got his number called and stayed ready. And then you get guys like Hachimura, you know, um, that uh, have been very consistent in the playoffs, can play multiple positions, can defend multiple positions. Um you know, I think I think yeah, AD's got to stay healthy. I think we all cross our fingers every time there's a play, and he's on a floor, or he's holding his arm, or he's holding his eye, or something. But when that guy is right and he's playing, he's unstoppable. And um, Joker has gotten the better of him. The past, when you look at what Joker's done, sixty-three percent of the field against him, and this is going to be the matchup. It's going to all come down to uh, what do the Lakers do to stop Joker. And uh, and AD is going to be the key. And I, I even just I, I didn't hear this from anybody. I'm just thinking in my head. Throw Mo Bamba out there. And throw a seven-two guy out there. Let him bang with them a little bit. And keep him away from the basket. Um, and um, you know, see what happens there. But no, I think you're right. I mean, every all these teams have stars. You know, obviously Joker and and Murray. You know, everybody's got kind of two main guys: Jimmy Butler and, and Bam, and then you got Tatum and Brown. But it's those bench guys, and all all these teams have them. But you know, it's, it's who's going to be the most consistent over a seven game series that'll make the you know the, the decision who wins. Yeah, who's going to raise their hand and be like, "Coach, put me in. I got this." Yeah, and the Heat. You look over in the, right now; they're the eight seed when you put in the play in, but they had the seventh best record in the Eastern Conference, and they're doing a great job. Jimmy Butler, he's carrying this team. He's putting this team on his back and saying, you know what, let's go to the NBA Finals. And he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals, what, three times now with the Heat? Yeah, he has. I mean, he's he's a tough competitor. His background, you know, he started at a junior college, went to Marquette, was under the radar, and continuously has been proving himself. He plays with that flag and that confidence. And, you know, you look at a stat, 31 points per game in the playoffs. I mean, that's 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 a high level of, of offense there. Um, and he, he's, he's been very good, and I think he's confident. He wants to put himself up there with the greats. Uh, and he's as talented as those guys, but he's always been looked at as a second-tier high-level player. And, you know, if he can, uh, you know, get back to the finals and repeat playing the Lakers, let's say, from what happened in 2020, and, you know, I might have his, his chance to, to shine. But the Heat also have, you know, these guys, they've done the most amazing job, like the Spurs, of evaluating uh, guys from different levels. And they've got, like, Vincent and Struess, you know, Martin and um, Robinson, you know, then they're smart enough to take an older Kevin Love that can still contribute to you and a, an older Lowry who can the leadership and can still come off the bench. And they just know how to put together a team, and that's why Pat Riley's been so good for all these years. Um, I'm excited. I, I, I don't know who's going to win it all, but it is going to be uh, every night is going to be fun to watch. We're talking with Bob Cantu, over 20 years of coaching experience in the collegiate level. Over 60 of his players have gone pro. He coached five NBA first-round draft picks. Of course, a lot of folks remember him from his USC days. And now USC coach, they get brawny. How big is that for the program? Well, it helps when your dad plays two miles away. 
um, and ones can see your games. Um, well, I think, you know, in this day and age with the NLI and an opportunity to be in LA and to market itself long term, uh, that's a no brainer. I think with you, when you look at their roster or what they have, there's a spot for them to come in immediately and play. But I think uh, having his dad there to, to really mentor him and, and to watch him and develop it was, was the key. He could have gone to Ohio State, but, you know, it would have been very difficult, I think, for the family and then him having his brother, his younger brother, who I think is going to be really, really good. Um, it, you know, there locally, it just, it just kind of made sense at the end of the day. You know, as the, you know, we had we, we had it going that we had DeMar DeRozan, Todd Gibson, Nikola Vucevic, Dwayne Dedman, uh, Nick Young, Swaggy P. We had a, a lot of good ones, and when Andy took over, he just continued that. And they've, you know, done a really good job um, of, of continuing to get NBA guys. And that's how, and they've won. They went to the Elite Eight a year or two ago, and um, they uh, have won games. And so they've attracted good players. They got, I think it's a Collier kid out of it. And it was really good. They've got, obviously, Bronny, and they've got some returners that are really good. So they're, they're going to be in the team uh, probably in the Pac-12 to beat. And, uh I think the game was going to be packed. The last time it was sold out for games, only had O.J. Mayo, if you remember, was a, yep. a big hit, number one player of the nation since the seventh grade. And, uh, you know, this one's a little different because his last name is James. But I, I, I'm happy for them. I think they'll do really, really well. And it's just good for the West Coast, good for Southern California. Yeah, it's usually been USC is a football school and UCLA is a basketball school. I think this coming year, it can be USC stealing the headlines on both football and basketball on the college level. Oh, I agree. I agree with what football is doing is incredible. Um, and they're really loading up the defense right now to following uh, some of the transfers that they're getting. And, uh, they're already going to be preseason in the top five, you know. So it's going to be fun. It'll also be fun seeing both of them transition to the Big, the big Ten uh, in the following year and see how they do playing those level games. So that's going to be pretty exciting. But, yeah, I could flip this year and uh, – UCLA right now is having to put together a roster. And basketball-wise, they were so fortunate. They had so many guys returned for like two, three years, and they had a nice core. And, you know, with this this portal and, and uh, NLI, and guys are flying around all over the place in both sports, it's, it's hard to keep a team together. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But, uh, you know, I think UNLV's gotten some good players from what I've been following, and um, I also hear the rumor that they, they could be headed to the Pac-12 in the future, which would be great for Vegas. That would be huge for our city. So going back to the pro level, Coach Bob Cantu, he's been over 20 years in the collegiate level, doing fantastic things, coaching great players under great head coaches. Coach, I got to put you on the spot. Who do you think is going to make it to the NBA Finals? I'm uh, going Lakers versus Celtics. Oh. Uh, Lakers wouldn't it? Lakers won in uh, in six against the Nuggets, and I got Boston in seven versus the Heat. And then I think uh, Lakers, Boston, the old rivalry is back, and um, I think Lakers in six. So LeBron James gets uh, yeah. his first title in front of fans. That would, I mean, that would be something huge for the franchise because it's like since the Kobe days that they haven't been able to celebrate at Staples as it should. They never had the parade um, because of COVID, and I just feel I see I see a different LeBron at 38 years old. What he's doing, I'm playing on both ends, and the minutes he's logging, 
Now, everything has to continue to line up. AD's got to continue to produce. These bench players got to do what they're doing. But it, this could be one of the greatest stories, comeback stories in, in NBA history when you look at a team that started 2-10 and 10 and, you know, did the whole Russell Westbrook thing, didn't work out, but broke up that money and did an amazing job of evaluating these pieces and putting them uh, together and knowing, okay, this guy can rebound, this guy can shoot, and, and those guys accept their roles. And to watch them kind of just come together so quickly, they had the best record after the All-Star break and the trade deadline, and they're just playing with a lot of swag right now in confidence. And I just think that, you know, that that's going to carry on. I think they're going to win tonight, and then I think they'll continue the path that they've been going, which is protect home court and then try to win it in six. And I think Denver's really good. I think Joker is incredible. I think he's going to get his numbers. But I think when you go two through nine, the Lakers are better. Yeah, you go two through nine. And I just think that at the end of the day, Golden State was really good, and they, they really took it to them. I thought Memphis, number two seed, and they took it to them. Um, and I, I just I, I see that happening. Yeah, and that's what I was going to tell you. I was like, the path to make it all the way this way would be beating the number two seeded in the West the Grizzlies, the defending NBA champions, the Warriors, and now you get the top seed in the West and the Denver Nuggets, and you know how difficult it is playing out there in Colorado. So it will be definitely interesting. And LeBron James, I mean, he he wants to get that title that puts him up there and be contending with those six that that Michael has. So we, it will definitely yeah. be interesting, Coach. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I'm telling you, it's up and down. The the game prep and the adjustment from one game to the next. Do you go big? Do you go small? Do you double team people? Do you how do you guard the ball screens? There's so many different ways, and, and you know you got all this information. You got to go back, and most of these coaching staff will go back and say, when Denver had that losing streak, why was it? Uh, who has played them the best in the NBA? Where have they struggled? How did we play against them last time? How did we do against them? In, in 2020, all that stuff is is so important to put together and, and then come up with what you guess will work and then adjust from there. But when you've got leaders like LeBron, you got like another head coach out there playing with all of his experience, and then obviously AD and the rest of the crew. So uh, I'm excited. I'm probably a little biased, but I I don't see how you can't give them a chance when they've already gotten to work to this point so far. So. We shall see. That's why they play the games. Exactly. That's why sports, even though people think it's scripted, I'm like, no, guys. This is not like the movies or a TV series. It's like, yo, there's no writers. You just let it flow and see what happens. It's the best drama on TV. Coach Bob Cantu, where can folks find you on Twitter, on Instagram? Uh, Coach Bob Cantu on Twitter. Instagram is bobcantu 22 I try to post you know, all kinds of information. You know, when I go travel to see uh, NBA games or do a little consulting with some colleges and just try to continue to network. I try to post a lot of that stuff on there or if I'm on other podcasts or radio shows, just try to stay relevant. You know, I'm kind of uh, considering getting back into coaching here soon. And so I'm a free agent. Someone wants to hire a guy with 24 years of college experience, a good resume. I'm available. Uh, I've been living in Kansas city the last couple of years with my family and I'm going to be, um, you know, probably hopefully on the move. So we'll see, but, Always like talking to you. Uh, always love talking hoops with you. And, uh, you know, feel free to always uh, ask me to come back on in the future.
Absolutely. And actually, a Raider employee, shout out to Justin Barnes, he posted on Twitter that he loves to see Coach Bob Cantu on Raider Nation Radio. And then he put the hashtag 805. And talking about the 805, you still got your summer camps, right? I still have my summer camps, CantuCamps.com and St. Louis Vistel and Pastor Robles. Justin Barnes, your employee, was a camper of mine. Oh, and wow. Back in the day, I've done my camp for 27 years. I've had over 10,000 kids attend. And Justin was one of my campers. And so I saw him grow up and go to college and, you know, become this, you know, professional person working for the Raiders. So I would see him on LinkedIn and stuff. So shout out to him, uh, Pastor Robles, California. That's my hometown. That's his hometown. And uh, even though I'm a Chiefs fan because I live in Kansas City, I grew up a Niner fan. But I've always, you know, every time the Raiders on, I watch them because uh, I've always liked them too. But, uh, I definitely want to make it together sometime and check out that stadium. From what I see on TV and pictures, it just seems amazing. I'd love to take in a game there sometime. So depending on my schedule and what I'm doing in the fall, I might uh, I might come see you. Let's schedule a trip out here, Coach Cantu. We'll take care of you. I appreciate you coming on today, and best of luck with your camp, and we hope to have you soon here on Raider Nation Radio. Thank you, Harry. There you go. Coach Bob can too. Find him on Twitter. Find him on Instagram. He always does an amazing job talking about hoops. I mean, 20 plus years in the collegiate level and coaching first rounders from the NBA, all the connections that he has. He never has to pay for a ticket when he goes to a basketball game because he knows people at every high spot in the league the phone lines are open folks gangsta raider i'm sorry my man i was on the air with guests but if you want to call in you know the phone lines are always open with me the black hole you guys are always listening shout out to cisco shout out to mark jones to mickey to johnny all the folks with the black hole they're always tuning into raider nation radio they've been since 95 the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters. Join the Black Hole as an official member member by visiting theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious fans. Let's go to a break. After your calls, 702-365-9200. Let's talk silver and black. Back to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Let's go, Raider Nation. We got a little bit over half an hour still here today on Raider Nation Radio with the JT The Brick Show. Coming up is going to be Q Myers with Unnecessary Roughness. Your boy Q, you know he always has a stacked show. He has incredible guests lined up for his show. And right now, we already took care of business with our guests. We talked hockey with Lindsey Brown. We talked Raiders football with Ryan Sakamoto. We talked basketball with Coach Bob Cantu. And now the phone lines are open for you, Raider Nation. Hit me up, 702-365-9200 on the Raider Nation listener line. We are here live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And our first call of the day is Mitch from Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Pretty good, Harry. I'll be doing better. Let me pull over. How you doing? I wish uh, I wish I knew ahead of, knew ahead of time when you'd be on. Hey, brother. We, we I get the call from the bullpen. I get the the manager. He lifts the, his right hand and be like, yo, give me that righty up here. So we come on the air whenever we get the, the call. All right, no problem. I, 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 I know I follow you on Twitter. I know it's vice versa, but that's okay. I'm usually uh, busy at delivering, feeding the dogs, getting the packages to the right people. Most of the time. There you anyway, go. Uh, we hope you're making yeah, your day a little bit better here on Raider Nation Radio. 
you do always. It's, great. it's a pleasure talking. Um, I can't wait to that Oakland A's. Uh, sounds like they're moving to a parking lot. First thing I think about is stickball. You know, you get a get a schoolyard or in between blocks. You know, I'm from Staten Island. <laughs> you know, and my father back in the day in Brooklyn. That's how it sounds like they got to put it in in the old Tropicana parking lot there. Um, which I grew up, does it really get that hot, huh? It really gets re- well right now. It's nice for us that we live here. If you got somebody from Green Bay coming out to Las Vegas, they think this is the hottest it gets in the summer. But it's like 93 right now, and I saw that tomorrow it's going to be like 97. And for us, it's comfortable because up here we get to the 115s to the 114s, and that's when we when we say it's hot. So it's going to be great for baseball season to have that retractable roof. I'll say this. When I go down to Arizona to go see the Dodgers, I like it when the roof is open. I don't feel like it's baseball when it's a dome. But here in Vegas, you definitely need it. I hope they have regular grass. I don't know if that's possible. And could they change the – well, forget the football. Could they change the uniform and the name? All right, they moved. This is the fourth move. It will be the final, which is unfortunate, like the Raiders. And that should have stayed in Oakland, too. But I think maybe the Las Vegas Stars or Express or Strips, or, well, that might be getting, uh, going over the gutter here, there. But, um, I mean, that is the final time. I think Philadelphia could support that team better. 2,000 people in this thing? That's, that's crying. Man. They Triple had A team here squad. gets better crowds. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, w- I would be down for a franchise name but name change, but at the same time, it's like, hey, they've been there in the World Series. They do have a history, even though the recent history isn't great. They do have a history. That's the thing. There's folks that were like, no, we need an expansion franchise, but it's definitely going to be interesting. You want to talk football too? You know me. And I hope they expand all sports. You know, Poland, you know, with, you know, with uh, football, even baseball, I love to see it. Because it's a grown country. These are great sports. And again, international. I, and, but the Dodgers, by the way, they got a camp in Uganda. The, the, the talent, there's talent in every country. There'll be no wars if, if it would just be sports. They could focus on that. And I think the Dodgers, uh, they're, they're looking good. They need a, another thumper. I don't like this bet. You put your best hitter leadoff or bat in second. Well, Mookie Betts right now is the, the best player because they let a few guys go too many times. And shot away from Harper and let Manny go. And I've given you a lot here. Football, who's the, uh, you like the backup quarterback? And how about backup running back? I always like a couple of good running backs on my teams. There you go. Appreciate Appreciate you, Mitch. You know it, brother. Hope to hear from you soon. I like the backup quarterback with the Raiders. Brian Hoyer, I mean, if he's your backup, I think you're in a good spot. How many teams have stars as a backup quarterback? And then a lot of folks talking about Aiden O'Connell, that he, the Raiders didn't draft him to be the starting quarterback for the team. If they were looking for a starting quarterback, they had pick number seven, and they could have gone for Will Levis. Or they could have drafted, instead of Michael Mayer, they could have gone for Hendon Hooker and have him as a project to be the starting quarterback of the future. They weren't drafting to get a starting quarterback. They were just like, hey, you know what? We like having a young, a young quarterback in our quarterback room. Aiden O'Connell, draft him in the fourth round and have him there for the future to have as a backup quarterback. He might, once Brian Hoyer's contract, is like, hey, Aiden O'Connell, be there. Well, as a guy with no skin in the game, I'm glad they did not take Will Levis. There were a lot of red flags to me with that guy. And I I, I think the Raiders did well. Look, I I told JT the other day, I, I went to Notre Dame this year to go watch UNLV play Notre Dame, and I fell in love with Michael Mayer. I wanted my Jets to take Michael Mayer. 
because I think he's a game-changing type tight end. Raiders did really well in the draft. I mean, I mean, look, it, it, from from a guy who's who's as objective as it gets because I don't have any stake in it. I love what they did. Like I, I think they had a great draft, and I hope it I, I hope it improves. You know, and it, and it leads to 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 some more victories. But man, I mean, the Will Levis thing. I'm so glad that they they let him just fall and fall because there's a reason why. As a guy who roots for a team that watched Geno Smith fall into the second round, I mean, Geno had a comeback, but there was a long time where Geno Smith did not look like a guy who was an NFL quarterback. Christian Hackenberg, I know, I know, I know. We have a couple guys who Mitch in New Jersey. He's probably pretty familiar with Hackenberg. He was supposed to be the number one pick. His senior, his last year at Penn State, and and it didn't go well. And he, he's, I don't even think he's in the league anymore. Yeah, look at Zach Wilson. Oh, don't he? Oh. I mean, oh. you drafted him early in the first round. Second, second. That's what I'm like. Yo. As, as bad as here, here's the thing. Adam Gaze will forever be a worse head coach for the New York Jets than Rich Kotite for the simple fact that when Rich Kotite got fired, at least he got fired with the number one overall pick. Adam Gaze couldn't even do that. So that's what I people that were begging is like, yo, get a quarterback early. I'm like, guys, Will Levis might just be all hype. And then the prime example that the rest of the league agreed with that is that everybody let him go from the first round. Nobody was like, you know what? Hey, we're in the 20s, but Will Levis, he's a guy that people were touting him. Heck, the, didn't the, the gambling odds spike because of a Reddit post that he was going to be the second quarterback taken in the class? I was like, are you kidding me? He got taken in the second round. And Brian Hoyer is going to be fine as the backup quarterback. The, the the key for me with Brian Hoyer, he knows the system. And tell me, yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that to me, as, as a guy who's not going to get reps, maybe he'll get them in the preseason, but a guy who's not going to be getting the reps during the regular season, you want your backup quarterback to be familiar with the system. And I'll say this, Jared Sidham, it was the exact same scenario last year. He was the backup quarterback because he knew the system from his time in New England, even though one of those years he was injured and he didn't play, he was still getting those mental reps in the quarterback room. He was out there at practice watching everything going down with the quarterbacks, and he knew what Josh McDaniels wanted on the field. What happens? He gets his first real reps in week 17 against the 49ers, and he goes out there and we're all like, yo, what's going on? I was at the New Year's party with the Black Hole the night before that Niners game, and people were telling me, it's like, what do you think about tomorrow? Please tell me we're not going to be embarrassed. I'm like, I don't think so. I think we're going to be competitive. We're going to be fighting. But, heck, going into overtime against the 49ers, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be a close game, but I never thought it was going to be that close. And Jared Sidham had the Raiders in a good spot. That's, that's as a backup quarterback. And then people complaining that Stidham wasn't re-signed by the Raiders. I'm like, guys, look at the money that Denver threw his way for him to be a backup quarterback. Brian Hoyer ain't getting paid the same, and he's going to do the same job. And why did Stidham play? Because of the decision with Derek Carr. If not, Derek Carr would have kept playing, and Stidham, we had never seen him in the silver and black uniform on the field. So... The only time would be that uh, preseason action where he was fighting the spot with Mullins and then uh, Mullins gets traded and it's just Stidham the whole way. This preseason, I'll say this, it's going to be very, very interesting. The quarter backup quarterback position, of course, 
in my opinion, it's going to be O'Connell against Garbers to see who the third quarterback is. The defense, I want to see them in action. Of course, Max Crosby, he can get those days to just watch the action from the sideline. We know what we're going to get from him. But the guys that were drafted in the fourth and fifth round last year, the Butlers of the world, the Neil Farrells of the world, those guys, they're fighting for spots now just a year after getting drafted because they saw limited action last year. And if you can get something out of them this year and have them be contributors in this defense, that would be huge for the Silver and Black. So in my opinion, this preseason is going to be important. Last year, we saw this team play four preseason games. And the result, that's the least important thing in preseason. It's seeing how the players work on the field. And last year, we had Mullins against Stidham. It ended up being Stidham, the backup quarterback. Mullins got traded. And the Raiders, uh, I mean, they, they were successful in preseason, but not in the regular season. We need to get that action now translated to the regular season. And right now, Mitch, he brought up, a topic where if Raider Nation, you ain't going to call on the on the phone lines, and I'm going to talk about it. 702-365-9200, call me to talk about Raiders football. But Mitch brought up the Dodgers, and I got a thing to talk about the Dodgers, the team with the best record in the National League, obviously the divisional leaders in the West. But I don't know if you noticed, Chapman, that after the first game this year between the Dodgers and the Padres in San Diego – the Padres game entertainment folks, the folks that manage the, the video board, when the Padres beat the Dodgers, they put a meme of a crying Kershaw on their video board over the Padres win graphic. And I'm like, oh, okay, feeling cocky. Eliminated the Dodgers last year in the divisional round, and now they feel that they got our number despite the Dodgers winning like 11 regular season series in a row against them. And I was like, okay, since then... The Dodgers are 5-0 and against the Padres because they beat them in the next two games in San Diego. They swept them this past weekend in L.A., and they don't play against each other again until August. And those Padres, they're feeling cocky. They got a good squad. They got good players. They got a good roster. But you got to make that roster work. Bob Melvin, the former A's coach, is now their manager. I'm like, Padres, you got to chill. You got to be successful consistently. And they're spending a lot of money but spending money doesn't mean you're going to win championships. Yeah, I I'll be honest. I I'm still angry at the Padres because they beat the Mets in the playoffs last year. Um, look, San Diego. I, I've always kind of looked at their teams in the same light. They're little brother. The San Diego Chargers were always little brother to the Oakland or Los Angeles Raiders. If you don't like it? Too bad. That's just the way it's been. The San Diego Padres have always been little brother to the Dodgers. So when little brother gets a little bit of taste of success, all of a sudden they're acting like they're the greatest team ever. Reality is, how many World Series rings have the Padres won? How many Vince Lombardi trophies have the Chargers won? Yeah, They've never won. It's a, it's, it's a great city, wonderful city to visit. I love going to games there. love the beach. It's fantastic. The reality is you don't have any championships. The reality is when it comes to sports, they're not San Diego. They're no. sad Diego. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. Listen, I used, to, I used to have Charger season tickets, and I would go to those games, and I would see more Chiefs jerseys, more Bronco jerseys. more, more Raiders more, weren't done. Well, you would only you see know, And, Raiders and you know, they used to screw the Raider fans 
because they would force the Raider fans to buy more tickets if they only wanted to buy the Raider game. We would take more friends. Yeah, yeah. Really? It, it That's was, not screwing us. We're not going alone. Well, well, no, they, they would make you buy tickets for other games. So if you wanted to buy the Raider tickets, you had to buy the, the maybe the Texans or, or – the Seahawks, or if they were playing the Saints, you had to buy like two or three other a games. Package. Yeah, now, it, it, exactly. Now, Be- because they know that their fans were not showing up. The Raiders took over that stadium for forever. It, now, look, San Diego is a Raider Raider town. Nowadays with StubHub, with Ticket Exchange, you just overpay for the game that you want to go to. And I got friends of mine that are PSL holders over at SoFi Stadium, and I see the ticket prices that they post. It's like, hey, before I post them on StubHub, here are the prices. And, of course, the game that is the most expensive one is a Raider one because they know of the demand in Southern California that there is by Raider fans to go to those games. And it's a home game, an extra home game for the Raiders. This year we got that Week 2 preseason game against the Rams, and then we got the Week 4 regular season game against the Chargers, and that stadium is going to be painted in silver and black because that's the way it rolls. And I just wanted to say, I'm like, yo, San Diego or Padres, you got to go back to what, that night in late 90s when they made it to the World Series against the Yankees and got spanked? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I'm, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but EPMD sang a song. You got to chill. That's what San Diego Padres need to do right now. They got to chill. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, if you mess with the king, with Clayton Edward Kershaw, that dugout, that clubhouse in the Dodgers, they're going to be pissed off. Mess around with Mookie. Mess around with Freddie. Those guys have been with the team, too. Well, Freddie, his second year, Mookie since 2020. I'm like, yo, yeah, they're stars. They're MVPs. They're some of the best in the league. But Clayton Kershaw, the guy that has been a class player his whole career, never gotten into any kind of scandals. He's a family man. He's a guy that helps out in the community, not only in L.A., but in Africa. He does a lot of work. You mess with that guy? What's the most controversial thing he has done? Blow some games in the playoffs? That sucks for us. For you guys, that must be exciting. But you mess with him, that clubhouse is going to be pissed. And look, 5-0 and since. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the, the reality is it was what, one game? They won one. The one one game. won five. Yeah, I mean, and to, I to act like that after a regular season game is pretty funny. It, 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 it's, it reeks of inferiority. Yeah, we I, are an inferior franchise. And I know Fabian, a uh, listener here oh, on our— is he a Padre fan? No, no, no. He's oh, not okay. a Padres fan, but he was like, yo, even if you went five, what's that in percentage compared to the other 157 games that you guys have to play? I'm like, yo, this rivalry now that is being boiled with the Padres spending a lot of money— well, it's good. It's good. It's good, it's good for, for baseball. baseball. Yeah, Exactly. Sunday night baseball. Especially those of us who live on the West Coast who, who are so sick of Yankees-Red Sox. Exactly. Like, now we need something like that. I'll say this. I hate the Giants way more than I dislike the Padres. In baseball, so, for example, football. I hate our divisional rivals when it comes to the Raiders. I can't stand the Chiefs. I can't stand the Chargers. I can't stand the Broncos. And I got equal sports hate towards all three franchises. When it comes to baseball, for me, it's, you know what, the Giants. I actually say it every time I see a Giants hat. I say that, the Giants. I can't say it on the air. I'll get kicked out. I'll get fired from. Yeah, we don't want. We don't want you to do that. Yeah. But every time I see see Giants gear, I say, you know what, the Giants. Yeah. I see the other teams. I'm like, I don't care about you. It's like the Rockies. What? The D-backs. 
what? Yeah. The Padres, it had been what until they started investing and being like, yo, we want to play in the same ballpark as you guys. And now it started becoming interesting. But at the same time, Tatis is out auto-destructing. Manny Machado is going to be Manny Machado. The, even though I'm glad that he's taking all that that leadership role in San Diego and he's starting to be a little bit more mature. They brought in Xander Bogarts, is an incredible ball player, And Juan Soto, in my opinion, after seeing what he has seen from San Diego these last couple of months, I think he's going to bounce if he gets the opportunity to do so. That guy's going to get paid 400 plus million dollars somewhere well if, if you're the Padres that's that's the problem you run into his is you've been able to go out and get this group of players together but with major major league baseball contracts being what they are I mean I, I I'm still to this day shocked that the Phillies have been able to pile together the team that they have but it's good it's good for baseball that that you have other because when I was you know just 10 15 years ago you had two teams that spent money, yeah, and and everyone else was a bit of an afterthought. You may get the occasional team that snuck in there and won the World Series, like the Cardinals, who I can't stand, by the way. But it, it's but they're consistent. They are consistent, and they don't go out and they don't they don't buy the high price players. They they develop. But yeah, the Yankees and the Red Sox they were they were buying all the players. But it's good now that the Dodgers are spending money. Padres, Texas has always kind of flirted with it, but they they always stink. Now with the new ballpark, they spent, they should yeah they, they I mean, spent on Degrom they spent on hurt. on Corey <laughs> Seager yeah I yeah. mean Semyon they, they got they got ball players out there and they're doing good this season so that's the thing it's like you especially for example teams like that the Rangers they b- built a new stadium they got to do better A's if you guys come to Vegas you got to spend money people ain't good if, if not your stadium is going to be filled by visiting team fans every single game that are going to come and enjoy las vegas let's go to our final break raider nation and we'll be back to close today's edition of the jt the brick show call in 702-365-9200 i'll take your calls after the break back to the jt the brick show with today's guest host harry ruiz all right we got our final minutes here on the JT The Brick Show today. Uh, coming up on Unnecessary Roughness, Q actually is going to have the writer of that story at the the Ringer with the Devontae Adams profile, Mirren Fader. She's from the Ringer. She did a fantastic job. That was my read this morning, and I started reading it. It's so long, I started reading it at home and finished reading it here at the office, but it was very intriguing and reading everything about Devontae Adams and the type of guy that he is, the family man that he is, the decision about coming out to Las Vegas to prove himself, but also to everybody that he doesn't depend on the quarterback that he's playing with because it's valid for people in the past to say, it's like, well, any wide receiver can be productive with Aaron Rodgers, with the way that Aaron Rodgers has had played. But Devontae Adams, he's a different beast. He's the kind of wide receiver that wherever he goes, he's going to get his numbers. And he's going to help his team be the best team possible. And unfortunately, last year, there were ups and downs with the Raider franchise, and they weren't able to have that winning record. They weren't able to make it to the playoffs. They weren't able to be fighting for a Super Bowl contending spot in the NFL playoffs. This year, let's see what happens. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in town as the new quarterback for the Silver and Black. And I go back to what I was saying earlier in the show. This team has, in my opinion, two faces. 
And after it being almost for a decade, Derek Carr, that was the face of the franchise, which was the guy for the Raiders pretty much since he started playing for the team in 2014. This year, in my opinion, it's Devontae Adams. It's Max Crosby. Those are the two guys that you want to have in all your billboards. Those are the two guys that have respect in a higher level all throughout the league. It's where defensive backs and wide receivers, they look at Devontae Adams, and the wide receivers look up to him, and they want to, They say, that's the guy. I want to be in his spot. I want to be in the position that he is. And the defensive backs, those are the guys that look at him and say, I don't want to play against this guy. I don't want to be lined up against him. But I'm sorry, Pat Sertan, you got to play him twice per season. I'm sorry who is who's a cornerback right now with the with the Chargers the son of ah he's a junior uh just blanked out on it. Not Winfield, is it? No. No, no. I drew a blank, but the wide receiver the defensive backs for the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers they're like, "Damn, we got to go against 17. That's the kind of guy that you want to have on your team." And the same goes with Max Crosby. They don't want to play against Max Crosby. They have to. I remember the Pro Bowl practices that fans had access to a year ago here in Las Vegas. And I loved seeing that TJ Watt and Max Crosby were learning from each other, were talking to each other. And I'm like, yo, that shows you TJ Watt, the man with the most sacks in a regular season in NFL history, right there talking with Max Crosby, practicing with Max Crosby, learning from Max Crosby, and Max learning from him too. That shows you that these two guys, they're on a different level. By the way, Asante Samuel there Jr. There you go. Yeah. I was like, I knew it was a junior. Asante Samuel Jr. His, his old man was pretty good. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Now Now that we're talking about juniors, that we're like, yeah, we remember seeing their the, dads play. The, the moment I felt really old was years ago, Ken Griffey Jr.'s kid played football at the University of Arizona, yep. and he had a big game, and I'm thinking, huh. I Ken, had Ken, Ken Griffey Jr.'s rookie card. So I won't call out the person. <laughs> I went to Derek Jeter's gala, his foundation out here in Vegas in 2018, and I won't say the person's name, but they asked me, who's that? I'm like, it's oh, Ken no. Griffey Jr. Oh, it's no. It's the kid. But obviously that person I, was there pretty much just for Derek Jeter. But me as a baseball nut, I was like getting Johnny Damon. I was getting Jorge Posada, Derek Jeter, <laughs> Ken Griffey, Gary Sheffield. I'm like, yo. See, you know, I was already an adult when most of those guys were playing. So, yeah, but so, gr- so now, now, now Sheffield, now his kid, you know, he played. Too. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy, man. So, Going back to the original spot. The Raiders, they got those two leaders, and the best part is they're the first ones in the building. They're the ones that practice the harder, and they lead by example, not only on game day where the stats are worth the money that they get paid, but also at practice. Everything we hear is that at practice, they treat it like game day. So that's key. Devontae Adams, check out that story on TheRinger.com. Q has a writer of it coming up next on Unnecessary Roughness. Thank you, Raider Nation, for tuning in today. We will be back with you soon here on Raider Nation Radio.